0: Okay, so this morning we're going to carry on our series, Uh, What's So Amazing About Grace? Dan started that last week, and we're going to carry on this week by looking at that uh, and looking at Romans chapter 3. So if you've got a Bible to hand, you might want to turn to Romans chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 21 to 26. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Some wonderful words there in Romans 3. Uh, Martin Luther, the reformer, said this of Romans 3, verse 21 to 26. He said, it is the chief point and the very central place of the epistle, the book of Romans, and of the whole Bible. Very big claim there, but these are certainly words full of wonderful truth. These words declare the truth of the gospel. Paul is telling us that the righteousness of God has been revealed. We are justified by his grace. Forgiven, made right with God, brought into relationship with him, into his family. Amazing. But as we ask what's so amazing about grace, as we see we're justified We need to clearly see and remember what was the problem? Why did we need to be justified? If we don't understand clearly the problem, we won't see how amazing this is. And as we look at that, why we needed to be justified, then we look at the price. What was the price that was paid in order to justify us? How was God's righteousness revealed to us? I think as we look at those two things, well, I hope. That, that will lead us to praise. So yep, we have three Ps today. We're going to look at the problem. We're going to look at the price. And then we're going to come to praise. So the problem, to see what's so amazing about grace that justifies us, we must understand what was the problem. Why were we in need of justification? Justified by grace can roll off the tongue, but not hit home. I'm going to try and help us to see what's so amazing about grace with the help of this cake. Small but perfectly formed little cake. And this cake's going to represent our hearts, the state of our hearts. What is the state of our hearts? What's the problem in our hearts? You see, we could think that we're actually like this little cake. Our hearts are like this. Actually, it's very nice perhaps we could think, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay on my own. I'm generally a pretty good person. I'm certainly not as bad as lots of people. But you know what? If I could get Jesus, that would just top everything off. See, I'm a bit plain at the moment, but getting Jesus, oh, that would be the cherry on the cake. That would be, it would just fill the gap that I need him to fill. He would make things complete. He makes things that bit better. You see, if we had, we could easily have this wrong thinking that somehow we're inherently pretty good. And if we just flick to these verses, but now a righteousness from God has been revealed, apart from the law, that the law and the prophets have made, uh, sorry, but now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. A new way, a new way has opened up and we could kind of think, well, I'm okay. Well, a new way's opened up. And we could think of it like this. But now Asda has opened. Where before you just had Tesco and Waitrose. Now you can go to Asda for your shopping. It's another option. I might check it out. It might be good for me. No. You see, we could end up seeing it like this. We're okay. And there are lots of things to look at which might make our life just that little bit better. Lots of people think like that. Lots of people see different religions like that. Jesus is just one more option of a guru or a leader who might be worth listening to. You see, if we're really going to understand what's so amazing about grace, we need to understand the reality of our situation. You see, that's what Paul's been explaining in the lead-up to these verses in Romans. In the start of the letter, John Stott sums up the previous three chapters that Paul has been saying like this all human beings of every race and rank, of every creed and culture, Jews and Gentiles, the immoral and the moralizing, the religious and the irreligious, are without exception sinful, guilty, inexcusable, and speechless before God. This is the terrible human predicament described in Romans 1, 18 to 3, verse 20. You see, as John Stott summarizes there, without exception, everyone is sinful. As Paul says in in chapter 3 verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're not just a pretty good cake that needs a cherry on the top. Well, maybe still we could think maybe we could think of this cake maybe it's pretty good but perhaps under this icing it's just hiding a little layer of maybe it got a bit burnt in the oven maybe it's just not quite perfect we could think i know i've done wrong things yeah paul you say all have sinned and fall short Uh, maybe i just need a bit of tidying up maybe just need the burnt bit scraping off the top i'm pretty decent really maybe the good outweighs the bad people can think like that too Be easy to fall into thinking like that. No, I do lots of good things too. But if we're to really understand what's so amazing about grace, we need to truly understand the problem as John Stott summarized sinful, guilty, inexcusable, speechless before God. You see, what John Stott is describing, what Paul has been describing, is that we have all utterly missed the mark. We're utterly sinful, and the wages of sin is death. We deserve death, eternal separation from God, nothing less. We were lost and hopeless. You see, in the Old Testament, God had given the law. He'd showed his standard. This is how to live. But all through the generations, everyone has fallen short. Everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And and this is what the law ended up showing up. So it showed that no one is blameless, not even one. All in the same boat Jew, Gentile, slave, free, rich, poor, old, young, male, and female. You see, we're not a good cake that just needs, might be a bit nicer, a bit more pretty with a cherry on top. That would just set it all off. Not a pretty decent cake with a bit of burnt top that needs scraping off, just tidy it up. But actually, if we were to be compared to this cake at all, really, we'd be like this, utterly a mess. A mess that we could not fix, broken up, beaten up, messed up, full of sin, something I can't fix. I can't put this, heart, this cake back together again. See, this was the real problem of sin. Even here, we can potentially miss the problem. We can identify with this. Yes, I'm a mess. So many people have hurt me. I've been torn apart by what others have done to me. I know there will be a lot of real and painful stories out there. I'm not belittling any of them. They're true and there's a lot, uh, a lot of things that have happened. But the reality is that our ultimate problem, the problem of our mess of sin is, nothing, is not to do with the problem of what others have done, but a problem of what we have done, our sin The sin inside of us is what causes the mess. You see, we need to see the real problem. We were lost, dead in our sins, rebellious, gone astray, undeserving, powerless and wretched, eternally separate from God. This is the problem. It's bleak. Now, if we read verse 21 again, what do we see? But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. We see the real problem. We are full of sin. We were lost, dead in our sins, separated from God. But now, God's righteousness has been revealed. God's righteousness that we fell so far short of has been revealed and given to us. See, but now, it's not a a new option or an add-on. There was no way, but now, There is a way, the only way has been opened up. The only way, the only hope, the same for all, Jew and Gentile alike. And as we see this, as we get hold of and we grasp the real problem of sin, we were utterly rebellious towards God and we deserve to die. We come to see the price, the price that was paid See if I can get this one to stick. There we are. It might stay there for a minute. We've seen the problem of sin. Our own efforts don't work. We fall short. We fail. We're helpless. Our debt is astronomic and our position is desperate. We're a mess. We're an utter mess. But now the righteousness of God has been revealed. How? Look. It says, apart from the law, not earned, not through keeping the standard, not through our own efforts. Look again, through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. It's been revealed to us, given to us by us trusting and believing in Jesus. Hallelujah, we couldn't do it, we couldn't earn it, and it's been given, what amazing grace. But there's more, how? How has this righteousness been given? And here, this is what's so amazing about the grace of God. Here's what Paul says. All are justified freely, freely, despite our great debt, despite the fact we couldn't do anything about it freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement, a sacrifice taking our place. A sacrifice, paying our debt. A sacrifice, paying that debt that we could not pay. Dying our death to satisfy God's wrath towards sin through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Here is what's so amazing about God's grace in justifying us. As we stood in a mess, utterly lost, utterly full of sin. Jesus, the perfect Son of God, steps down. He becomes a man. He lives a perfect life. And you know what he says? I'll take all that mess. I'll take all that mess from you. All that mess that was yours. All that sin. Everything. I will take it onto myself. And I will pay the price to redeem you. You know, you deserve to die now. I will die in your place on the cross. Dying as a sacrifice of atonement. That we might be justified. That we might be made clean. That we might be forgiven. Given the righteousness of Christ. Made clean. Forgiven. Given his righteousness the gift of God by grace through faith undeserved it cannot be earned this is the amazing grace of God hallelujah it is incredible Romans 5 and verses 6 uh, 6 to 8 for while we were still weak at the right time Christ died for the ungodly For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What's so amazing about this, Grace? Well, we had a gigantic problem we had a problem that we could not fix. We were separated from God because of our sin. We were utterly rebellious against him. But by his grace, God in Jesus paid an incredible price. You see, God didn't just recognize how great we are and therefore welcome us in. God didn't overlook a few simple minor misdemeanors because, well, we were otherwise okay and welcome us in. God didn't decide well, it wasn't really your fault, so I'll welcome you in. God recognized exactly, exactly who we are, a corrupt people, full of sin, rebellious against him, and just at the right time, while we were still powerless, he died for the ungodly. He paid the greatest price to save us and welcome us in to a relationship with him. That is what's so amazing about his grace. So how do we respond? We accept the gift of God and receive his righteousness by grace through faith. We come to him, we repent, and we receive this wonderful gift of grace. We sang that wonderful hymn earlier, it is well with my soul. And it says, though Satan should buffet, though trials may come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. You see, if you don't know that assurance today, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never come to him and received this wonderful gift of grace, this justification, this, his righteousness given to us, where we were lost, where we were helpless, he gave us his righteousness. He made us right with God. If you've never received that, you can today. Ask him, pray to him, come and say sorry, come and repent, come and turn from the way you're living and follow him. We'd love you to get in touch. You can do that through the website. You can do that in the comments. You can get in touch with someone you know uh, and we'd love to talk to you. You see, we respond by receiving his gift, recognizing we have done and can do nothing to earn it. So we respond without boasting. Paul goes on to say that in the very next verse, in chapter three, verse 27, where then is boasting? It is excluded. None of us deserve it or are too good for it. We have nothing to boast about. It's all by his grace. Nothing is to our credit, nothing to be puffed up about. It's all by his grace. As Paul says elsewhere, may I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. So without boasting, but also without trying somehow to pay God back. You see, we can fall into this trap. I owe this great debt to God. I'm not worthy. Therefore, I must read my Bible enough. I must pray enough. I must help enough people. I must encourage enough people. I must witness enough. I must make sure this many people decide to follow Jesus. I need to, I need to, to earn his acceptance. Otherwise, he might change his mind. He might realize I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. He might reject me. No, it's the gift of God. See, John Piper said on this point, the effort to repay God in the ordinary way we pay creditors would nullify grace and turn it into a business transaction. If we see acts of obedience as installment payments, trying to pay God back. We make grace into a mortgage. Let us not say that grace creates debts. Let us say that grace pays debts. That's what God has done. By his grace, he has paid our debts. We are not worthy, but it's his gift to us. The gift of God. Accept the gift freely given, not earned and cannot be earned. Accept it and praise him. Praise him we praise and we worship. By singing, yes. By boasting in the cross of Christ, absolutely yes. But more than that, with our whole lives. John Piper said in that quote, if we see acts of obedience as installment payments, we make grace into a mortgage. John Piper wasn't advocating that we don't obey. As Paul goes on to say in Romans, will go on to say in Romans 12 and verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You see, we respond with lives lived for him, enjoying what he has won for us, life in relationship with him, following him, serving him, He has works for us to do. He has lives for us to live, yes, in response to his great grace. We're made to live for him, made to read his word, made to pray, made to hear his voice and to serve him. We get to do all these things in gratitude and love. Remember and enjoy what it is he has given us. This gift, God, that you've given me, you've made me righteous. You've made me perfect because as you look at me, you see Jesus. You see his righteousness. And so I will praise you. I will lift up your name. I will respond in faith as you lead me on. I haven't earned it. I don't deserve it. I can never earn it, but it's your gift to me. So let's make a point of remembering this amazing grace through the week. Here, is solid ground. In the midst of this time, with other things uncertain, with many trials and lots of bad news around, let's remember this good news. Remember what we have in him by his grace. Let me encourage you, enjoy time with him. In his word, in prayer, carve out that time to enjoy him. Feed yourselves on this truth, this blessed assurance, as the hymn writer put it. Enjoy him as we break bread, as we did earlier. And as Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Remember the grace of God. Enjoy time worshipping him, singing worship to him. Stick on a CD and sing along. Play some music, sing yourself, read psalms. Let's make a joyful noise to the Lord. We get to come into his presence We get to worship him. We get to lift up his name. This is amazing grace. And enjoy him as we see his creation around us. That might seem a bit strange, a bit hard right now. We can't go out to the places we might like to. We can't. uh, We're often in many ways stuck in our homes. But let's not take for granted even what we can see from our windows. I don't know what your view is like. But let's look around at the creation around us and praise God for his amazing grace. He has justified us. Keep remembering his great grace. I'm gonna close by reading the words of Psalm 103, verses two to four. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. He is the one who has done it. It's by his grace. He forgives all our sins. He redeems our lives from the pit. That's what he's done by his grace. We're justified, made right, forgiven, and saved all by the grace of God. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray. Father God, I thank you for your amazing grace that justifies us. The righteousness of God has been made known by grace, through faith. Jesus died on the cross that we might be forgiven. This the gift of God. Thank you, Lord, so much. Lord, we want to worship you. We want to go from here living lives worthy of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing grace. Amen.